workroom as we speak, uh, although with a beautiful view, I might add. But David Ubbins, my longtime friend, we used to work together at a place called Fox Sports Southwest back in the day. And, oh, look at us now. Here we are in New Orleans getting ready for the Sugar Bowl. And, uh, David, this is uh, – I, I mean, it's, it's just hard to take your attention for a second. I know you got one eye, the Vols, a team you covered closely for The Athletic. Now, you and I both were at ESPN.com as well. Uh, we both left, uh, and you ended up somehow covering this Tennessee program, which has seen so many – Highs and lows. I would put. I would emphasize the lows more than the highs. But uh, David, the, the the Vols look pretty good, and, and and they're getting to play before the hometown. Well, it's not totally hometown, but yeah, right down the road in Nashville, it looks like a pretty good environment. I would say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the yeah, I would agree that the the lows have been a little lower than the highs have been high. But um, you know, the tra- the trajectory is always the vibes are always good when the trajectory is up, and that's kind of where Tennessee's at right now. And you know, I think style matters a lot, too. They played, you know, it's one thing to play bad football. It's something to play bad, ugly football for three years. And Tennessee is still not a great team. They're still thin. But they're playing fun football that, that gets people excited. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to remember the last time in the Pruitt area, if ever, they scored 21 points in a quarter. So, uh, you know, fans are excited. It's been a fun year. I think they're a couple of touchdowns away from setting the school scoring record, and I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that fall again, you know, pretty soon. All right. Now, wait, give me your – kind of like you to take us behind the uh, curtain a little bit. What will be your semifinal plan? And and would you like Mosley just to crash the party? And maybe, you know, you and I have watched games together, and you've been able to, uh, I think, really benefit from my discerning eye. Will you <laughs> hold up um, – Will you hole up alone to watch those, or or will you? Um, how how are you going to handle that? I mean, the national football writer for the Athletic, they're going to ex- expect you to have some analysis and some thoughts on this game. <laughs> how will you? Oh, uh, how will you approach we're, this? Well, I've I've got no real hard plan. We're we're well okay. staffed at the, at the current moment, so we've got, yep. we've got plenty of folks in Miami and Dallas, and right. uh, it'll be myself and, and Sam Khan covering the ship for the Sugar Bowl. So. Yeah. I'll be around if something crazy happens and we need uh, an extra hand. I may chip in, but uh, yeah, I think I'll be just watching as a fan of the sport tomorrow. All right, you, you, I noticed how you didn't tell me where you were going to be. I thought you would say mostly, <laughs> why don't you I join me? I haven't plans yet, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll Okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sam, I think Sam would enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that, that Sam would uh would enjoy about watching one of these games with me. Um, but that, that's going to be – it is it is weird, though, when you get into a bowl city, and you're a little different than I am because you didn't go to Baylor. Uh, and I'm a little bit – you know I'm emotionally invested with this school, and I get excited. Second time in uh, three years that the Bears are in New Orleans. Isn't it funny how different, though, David, this feels? You remember that scene, Matt Rule – um, a couple of years ago, and everybody, it's, it's kind of like Bryles several years ago with the Fiesta Bowl. People thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to go to Texas. And with, with Rule, it's like, oh, he's going to go to the NFL. And he actually did go to the NFL. But I, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm excited, David, that, uh, that, that there's no talk about that, that Aranda has decided to, once people leave you or there's a scandal or something like that, David, as a, as a fandom, you always think something, something bad could happen. And, and I think at least, I don't want to, I better knock on wood or whatever, but at least for the time being, there seems to be major stability around this Baylor program. 
Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it, it helps that, you know, you're sitting there and, and there were some pretty big jobs that came open and, and you didn't have a lot of those sort of nervous nights where you're wondering if you're going to wake up and find out that Dave Aranda's gone the next day. So, you know, I think uh, it, it helps that, you know, Baylor's a very good job. You have a really good access to talent. You have a lot of money. And, you know, not everybody's going to view it as a destination job, but I think our Bryles did in a lot of ways. And, and you know, we'll see if, if Dave Aranda does ultimately. But you can win. You can uh, – there, there's not really any ceilings. And I think especially now in a new Big 12, in an expanded playoff, if you can recruit, and uh, you should be able to uh, if you're Baylor. You know, without Oklahoma and Texas, you know, Baylor and TCU and, and maybe Oklahoma State, but you have better access to talent at Baylor and TCU, you're going to be hard-pressed to tell me that those aren't the best jobs in the Big 12 right now. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what the the sort of, I guess, power vacuum, who fills it when, when Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas are gone. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, did you? I was reminded last night of why Lincoln Riley might have made the decision he made when OU was was just boat racing, uh, it was thirty to three at halftime, and and maybe the thought is, well, that Pac-12 could be a little easier to run than the <laughs> SEC. Yeah, uh, that crossed my mind uh, last night, and it's going to be interesting. Do you um, you, you've gotten to know that program, and you 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 knew it under Stoops, and then you've kind of seen it under Riley a little bit. Do you have a sense that? This thing will be fine under Venables. I mean, it's going to be different because once you get known as an offensive juggernaut, a quarterback-type school, it's a little weird to suddenly go to a head a head coach who's a defensive guy. What, what are your thoughts on OU uh, moving forward? And do you think they can just kind of keep it rolling, so to speak? I mean, regardless of style or, or who's coaching, I think Oklahoma is going to have a very similar experience to what West Virginia had when they came into the Big 12, and that you have to reset your expectations. Uh, Oklahoma won, what, six Big 12 titles in a row, something like that? You, you can't do that in the SEC. You're not going to do that in the SEC. I think Oklahoma's still going to be fine. They're going to be a good team, but you're going to win less in the SEC. It's harder. It's a snake pit. It's tougher to recruit. Uh, you know, your schedule is going to get incredibly uh, difficult. There's a bunch more teams that can beat you on any given Saturday. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I think, you know, Venables was a really smart hire by them. Um, obviously bringing in Jeff Levy, a guy that's pretty proven uh, in, in terms of schematically and, and being able to run that Bryle system. So, you know, it's, it's – uh, I don't know that Oklahoma fans are going to be willing to adjust their expectations. And if I'm just, you know, outside looking in, I have to think Lincoln Riley had to anticipate that, that, hey, we've been doing this. And if I go eight and four, you know, in the first two or three years and win 10 games once the first four years in the SEC, I might be coaching for my job. It's not fair, but it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, fans are not a reasonable lot. I think they, you know, I don't think Oklahoma fans think they're going to walk in and run the run the SEC, but I think, you know, if you don't have a conference title in five years, there's going to be grumbling, regardless of who the coach is. You know, last thing I had for you, David, David Ubbin, national writer for The Athletic, this matchup, Baylor-Ole Miss, I mean, it's it, you couldn't have two di- more uh, different uh, polar opposite head coaches. Kiffin's fun and crazy in social media. I don't think Aranda knows how to tweet. I don't think he wants any <laughs> part of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and but you have seven versus eight. Um, I do you sense? I, I kind of want to see behind enemy territory a little bit because you you got to go to the Grove and you covered Ole Miss and everything. Is that could Kiffin at Ole Miss truly turn that into a program? That year in, year out is, is maybe what you think of after Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. I mean, where where are we thinking this program's headed? And and is this a uh, – I mean, this could be a formidable matchup. I mean, it seems like – and you may know something I don't, but it seems like there aren't a lot of opt-outs in, in this game, and there were some opt-outs in that Baylor-Georgia game a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest question mark as far as the future of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is the recruiting. The recruiting piece has not been there in terms of the level that you need to recruit on to win consistently and to do big things in the SEC. Uh, you just, it's really hard to do it because, you know, you look at the recruiting rankings every single year, you know what, four or five of the top seven are going to be in the SEC, and Ole Miss is not among that group. Uh, and so you gotta you got to find a way to, to get in that if you're going to try and compete and be step-for-step with the elite. And so I think that's the biggest question more than anything else uh, that Ole Miss does or what Lane Kiffin does at Ole Miss. You know, you're sitting here, if Ole Miss wins on Saturday night, you know, you've officially had the best season in school history, uh, which is a huge accomplishment for him. But, you know, to keep it going, I'm I'm skeptical as they can if he doesn't recruit because, you know, uh, they recruited a little better under under Matt Luke and obviously uh, under Hugh Freeze and, uh, you know, you, you maybe uh, have to be a little less uh, reckless with how you do so. But, you know, it's 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 it, that's the biggest question in terms of is this sustainable? And and if the recruiting doesn't change, you know, I'm not sure my answer to that would be yes. All right, um, David, I really appreciate it. I'm, I've secured us uh, a little studio downstairs to relive some of our old TV memories. It's called the M Club. <laughs> I want to meet you there later, and uh, got some cameras, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll get it going again. Okay. That sounds good. I have eaten breakfast there this week, so it's, uh, it's oh, a nice. Oh, nice. Spot. They got they had some bacon wrapped scallops and some crab cakes for the happy hour last night. I highly recommend the M Club. <laughs> what 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 time does that start? What time does that happy hour? I have hour? no idea. I didn't know they oh. were doing it. I got I got kicked out of my room for their housekeeping. And I was just uh-huh. going down there to watch games, and all of a sudden they brought in some delicious food. So oh I was man! Up for it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll give it a we'll give it a go, David. I'll, I look forward to seeing you and uh, and catching up. Appreciate you doing this. Sounds good. I thanks a lot, guys. All right, there he goes, David Uppen of uh, the Athletic.